Are you ready to scale your business in a way that's aligned with your soul and profitable? I'm Casey Rossi, a business and leadership coach. I've been a full-time entrepreneur for 30 years and love business. I help conscious leaders increase their impact and optimize their lives. Join me each week for tips and deep conversations on cultivating confidence, increasing your visibility, elevating your vibration, and leading with purpose without burning out. Let's go. My guest today is Dr. Naima Jackson. Dr. Naima is the CEO of the Determined Fempreneur, and determined she is in every sense of the word, and also believes that determination was the key to her earning multi-six figures in her first year as a coach. In our conversation, we talk about the number one thing we must do to create messaging that has an impact. So very important for all entrepreneurs. We talk about the power of knowing our strengths and skills, flipping hustle culture on its head, which I absolutely love, Also, the next thing determined entrepreneurs need to focus on and what's underneath women underpricing their services and really so much more. This is jam-packed with goodness. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a leader, if you're looking to have an impact in your industry, you're going to absolutely love my time with Dr. Naima. Get your pen and paper out and enjoy. Hey, Dr. Naeem, I am so excited to have this conversation with you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here, Casey. I really appreciate it. I'm just, I'm bubbling here. (laughs) I'm glad. I can't wait to see how this effervescence is going to come about. I have um, listened to your show. I know you're also a fellow podcaster. I love your energy. And I want to first also commend you on your message. And I know that this is what you help your clients do as well, is really streamline that message. But yours is so very clear. There is no guessing if I am your right target audience. And so I would love it if you could share a few tips on how can people optimize their message so it's so crystal clear. There's no room for gray of, is this the right coach or consultant for me? Oh, that's a, well, that's a great question. The reality is you have to get to know your ideal client, period. A lot of times we come out here and we know the impact we want to make, but we don't really know the person we want to serve. And when I say person, when you're thinking about messaging, you're thinking of one person, even though you're going to serve many people. And like, for instance, I'll give an example. When I first started, I was a health coach who helped with weight loss. So my messaging was just like, oh, I'll help you lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) Whoop-de-doo. But when I general, exactly. I'm going to help you lose weight and not get worn out when you're playing with your children. Mm. Now it's like, Oh, right. Mm-hmm. It's not about totally vanity. Different. Yeah. It's not about vanity and losing weight to look pretty because you're beautiful already. It's like, oh, so now I'm talking directly to them. I'm talking to them about what they're thinking. I have to know what my ideal client is thinking. Absolutely. And just in that additional verbiage, you've completely narrowed the niche to parents. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. And it can be simple, but really, really powerful. So I love that tip. How did you get interested in wanting to make the pivot from weight loss coach to what you currently do now? Oh, that's a great question. I'm a sales and business strategist now. And I think what made me move really quickly from health coaching to sales 
is that I was really good at it. You know, I was able to really bring in a lot of revenue in my business early. My first 10K month, I had a month four of my business. And then I started taking strength assessments. I took the Kobe A assessment and my coach said, Dr. Naima, do you realize that you're a natural salesperson based mm-hmm. off of your strengths? Nice. <laughs> so that it sells is my strength. That's awesome. Did you have any trepidation in pivoting? A hundred percent. Woo, right? I am a registered nurse by profession. To be a health coach is a, is a duh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to tell people that now I'm a sales and business strategist, they're like, how? And before they asked me how, I said to myself, how? How am I going to explain this to people? Am I good enough to make mm-hmm. this pivot? Do I have the skills and knowledge to do this? And so I had to work through those fears. But once I did, I realized several things. And I want your, your listeners to hear this. You have so many skills that may have been suppressed by your profession. I said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had no idea I was a good salesperson because I didn't have to be as a nurse. Absolutely. Good point. (laughs) You know, such a good point, because we do have these buried traits that we've never been called to bring forward. I'm wondering, how did you summon up the moxie to listen to that internal voice of like, I've got this? Well, you know, I spent so many years doing what other people wanted me to do. You see, if you just giving you a little history about me, I had my first child when I was 17 years old. And other people's opinions propelled me into nursing. Mm. My whole life was about what other people thought I should do. And because I made the mistake of getting pregnant, my child is not a mistake. But though I made the mistake of getting pregnant at 17, my life was no longer mine. It was more about let me please people because I made this big mistake. Mm. I want to look good. And I finally did my work to let that go. I got the chills. So now I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to do this shit anyway. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what feeds my soul. And though nursing was amazing, isn't it? it was an amazing profession for me. It was not what I was meant to do, even though I did it for eight, 18 years. That is so powerful. Do you think that I'm curious, like that choice point, you know, I can really it's almost like tangible where you had this fork in the road of. Do I continue to do what I've always done because it pleases everybody around me, but it's not necessarily in alignment to my sole purpose? Or do I step into bravery and say, this is how my life is going to look now. Get on board. Get on board with me. Right. So I'm wondering if someone's listening, they're like, gosh, that's me. I'm at a choice point right now. I'm at a fork in the road right now. You know, what do you think it takes to just have that inner push and make that choice? Mm. with confidence. Oh, I'm going to give your listeners a journal prompt. This is what helped me. And I had to journal this several times. If I were a bad girl and I didn't care about expectations, I didn't care about being responsible. I didn't care about any of that. What would I choose to do right now? How would I spend my time? What would I eat? What would my business look like? And when I first journaled about that, I was still journaling as if somebody was looking over my shoulder. So I was writing down the right thing. (laughs) Yeah. I had to journal on that for months to finally say, I don't want to be a health coach anymore. I'm not going to be a health coach anymore. Yeah. And I'm going to make this pivot. That's awesome. Thank you for that journal prompt. I think that it's very illuminating when we quiet down all the noise around us and look within and wait for that answer to bubble up and then take action on it without second guessing. 
because our internal wisdom is already pointing the way it's pointing which direction to take at that fork in the road. So I love that. And kudos to you for your bravery, right? Because we have to continually prove to ourselves, right? That yes, this is the right choice. And this is the right choice. And this is the next right move. I'm curious if you have made any other types of transitions post COVID. Has that affected how you approach you, your work or how you coach your clients now, given the global uncertainty and ripple effect that we've experienced after pandemic or through pandemic? Yes, that, this is a great question. Casey, the reality is if COVID hasn't taught us anything, it taught us that we're not in control and it's taught us that life is short. COVID doesn't care about your race, your economics or anything like that. So one way that I chose to change my business model and how how I'm helping my clients do the same is to decrease the sheer number of hours I'm spending working. Nice. And I'm actually living my life. So I help my clients and I'm I'm currently at about a three hour workday. I help my clients get to about a three to five hour workday so you can still make the impact, make the revenue, but you can live. You know, it takes so much there. Yes. And yes. And (laughs) this is what's coming up for me because I tend to work with high achieving women type A and there is exactly hand raise me too, right? We like begets like, and in that, I think there is like two sides of the coin. When I hear you say that inside, I'm excited. I'm like, that's amazing. Three to five hours. Awesome. Sign me up. And on the flip side, there's like this natural anxiety or something like, well, what would I do to fill my day? Or the good girl consciousness thing comes up too. Like, I love that you had that in the, in the journal prompt is like, am I working hard enough? Am I being a good enough girl? Am I doing it the right way or the best way? So I definitely want to hear your thoughts on that. And I recently actually just had a client interaction and I was asking her like, hey, how was your weekend? And she's like, oh, I work. And she's currently in that same thing of like, who am I if I'm not working? She's had a recent divorce. So it's like now all those days are filled with work because it's productive. It's our comfort zone. It's we can see something for what we're our efforts are being you know put towards. So help us through that process of we're worth it. We're worth being able to enjoy our life without guilt and shame. Help us through that process. You know, the reality is we have been taught to wear busyness as a badge of honor. We have been taught hustle culture is the way. And if you don't know what hustle culture is, it's literally just overworking yourself in the in pursuit of a goal. And in this case, of course, it's the entrepreneurial goals. And what we have to stop and say to ourselves and really evaluate is, is this working for me? Are you having sleepless nights because you can't turn your mind off because you're constantly working, right? Are you extremely anxious? I remember for me, I would wake up with anxiety because my mind was never turned off, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to start to evaluate whether you're having these symptoms of burnout from what you believe you're supposed to do to make an impact, Yeah, right? We're taught to, and there I say this, the eight hour workday wasn't created by women. We didn't have any say. So why are we continuing to do that? And then we come into entrepreneurship and we do eight, 10 and 12 hour days, right? So you have to acknowledge that it's not working. I don't care how much money you're bringing in. You're exhausted. That's number one. And then number two, you have to, this is what I like to do. I like to include my self-care planning and my quarterly planning. Beautiful. I love that. So my quarterly planning, I know what, you know, I know what I'm doing for my launches, but I also know what I'm doing for my self-care. 
I love that. That 12 o'clock, that's my bubble bath time. Like it's, I have it all in there. It's so important because what we schedule gets done and prioritizing ourselves as a line item on our Google Cal is often, often overlooked. And that is to me also a key of having a sustainable business. I'm wondering about the mindset piece. What do you see and how do you coach your clients around that lack and limitation mindset or hanging on to an old paradigm that more is more, not less is more? Literally, I just, I have them ask them this question. I want you to write down how what you're doing is serving you and how it's not serving you. And then Mm -hmm. let's look at the facts and not the beliefs. That's juicy. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. I want you to repeat that because it's so juicy. Yes. So I literally tell them, I want you to write down a list, how it's serving you, what you believe and how it's not serving you. And then I want you to step back and forget the beliefs and look at the facts. That is so very powerful. And I think this is another thing that we fall into is this hamster wheel. Like I'm going to do what I've always done. And we don't reflect enough. We don't take a step back and look with new eyes and fresh perspective. What's working? I see this often in content marketing. We just keep splattering stuff on social media, hoping it's on a stick with no strategy truly as our foundation. I think this probably goes to your messaging point where you help people with that specific messaging. I can see like a a framework strategy. I'm envisioning the the social media side of that coin as well. But that perspective piece, I think, is so very important. And we can call ourselves out on limiting beliefs that govern our actions and turn them around. Period. And what I like to do is I I, I like to have my clients develop their signature framework for what they do. So like, for instance, my signature framework is the slay system. So each letter stands for something. So S is for sales. L is for language. I teach them to to speak the language of their ideal client. A is for automation, delegation, and outsourcing. And Y is your offers. So those are my four pillars. Nice. Of messaging. This is what I talk about, whether I'm on a podcast, whether I'm posting on social media, it's not just haphazard. Yes. Oh my gosh, bam, bam, bam. I love that. I remember years ago when I had gotten a coach and one of her first sessions, like within 10 minutes, she just broke it down so simply. And she's like, I've been on your website and I'm hearing about aromatherapy and business and strategy and neuroscience. I don't know what the heck you do. She's like, you have so many labels on the outside of your box. I have no idea what I'm going to get in the inside of that box. And that was like a massive wake up call for me. I was like, whoa. Like in my mind, I was on more of like the multi-passionate entrepreneur lane and I had taken so many certification courses and things that I was interested in. But from a perspective of a brand new person landing on my website, there was confusion. Yes. So it's, I like this slay concept. I think it's got some power um, behind it. So I'm loving that. What is something that you feel is going to unfold in this year? If you were to make a prediction for inspired, dedicated female entrepreneurs, what do you see blossoming in Q3, Q4 of 2021? I see a shift from being in the silo, trying to do it all ourselves. Like women, we, we try to do it all ourselves to really collaborate, collaborate with one another. Joint ventures are going to be the next thing that we have to start doing. We have to stop trying to do everything by ourselves. This is what we do as women, right? We do, we are just the doers. 
How about we do it with collaboration so that we're not exhausted? This episode is brought to you by Know Thyself and Lead, my free mini training that unlocks the top three secrets that you need to joyfully thrive. You'll learn the number one way to fuel action so that you're never stuck or procrastinating again. You'll crack the code and unveil your specific aligned purpose for more flow and ease, and you'll discover the way to propel you further, faster. You can binge watch all three trainings at once or at your leisure. Either way, you'll want to sign up and dive right in. Access Know Thyself and Lead at kcrossi.com slash lead. That's kcrossi.com slash lead. Now, please enjoy the show. That's awesome. And what's one step the listeners can take towards collaborations if they have been running their business as a solopreneur, me, myself, and I? What's one thing that they can do to just kind of cross off a micro task in the direction of future collaborations? Easy. If you're on social media, literally post just a simple request. Hey, you know, tell them what your niche is. So, hey, I'm a sales and business strategist. I'm looking to collaborate with other coaches or consultants or whatever it is you do. I'd love to have a 15 minute coffee chat. Who's in? And watch how you start to be, you you start to have people on that are like, hey, I'm this. I do that. Yes, I would love to speak to you for 15 minutes. You guys get on the phone, see if you vibe. And if you vibe, guess what? That's the door. Whether it's a Facebook swap, whether it's a podcast swap, whatever it is, you begin to start collaborating with people. It's really just that simple. That's awesome. I love that. I think we often overcomplicate things. We think it has to be this massive step-by-step blueprint when literally it can be like, boom, get this done today. Period. (laughs) Period. Like I I tell people, even for my market research, I I did it in 72 hours on social media. I had all of my stories. I was asking questions, polls and people's groups. I was doing polls in my own group. It doesn't take a lot as much effort as you think. That's amazing. I know one of your specialties is helping women create high ticket programs. Yes. So I want to talk a little bit about the differences between how a woman approaches what they charge for their product and services and how a man approaches how they charge for their product and services. What are the differences? Why are they there? How can we bust down some walls? The major difference is the fact that men don't have to have any experience, they're going to charge what they believe they want to charge, whether it's 10,000 and they can just have started their business yesterday. (laughs) A woman, on the other hand, will barter her services until she has enough testimonials. She'll lowball herself, herself. Like I literally, when I was a health coach, I'm a registered nurse at that time for about 16 years, right? I was charging $97 a month to work with me one-on-one four times a month. Whoa. Because I'm like, well, I'm just new to this. Uh, Naima, you've been a nurse for 16 years. You're not new to health. But in my mind, how can I come out here and charge a premium? So men have no problem charging a premium. Let me tell you about this startling statistic. Women own 41% of all small businesses in the United States. 41%. That's amazing. We only bring in 4.3% of the revenue. It's a problem. It's a problem. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think that the other aspect there is under 10% of women are earning a hundred K. And even when you ask them, what is your big goal? Like, this is one of the very first questions that I'll ask a client. Like, what is, what is your big goal? Many times it's, I want to earn 50,000. This is your big goal. (laughs) Wait a second here. (laughs) Or, you know, the other one that kills me, that drives me crazy. It's not about the money. I'm like, so the not money is going to send your children to college. 
the not money is going to pay your your mortgage. And don't get me wrong. Money is not the motivate, no motivator, but money is a tool that allows you to do the things that you need to do in your business and also in your personal life. Why is it wrong to say I want to make money? Mm -hmm. And so even though this is a it's a deep issue and it's something that combines societal influence but it also truly boils down to our own self-belief and possibly our family and ancestral conditioning. How do we peel back the onion? Mm. You know what? I think you have to start to look at your childhood. You know, one exercise I have my clients do in the Determined Fempreneur Mastermind is I have them look at their childhood, their teenage years, and their early adulthood. When, what do you remember about money during those time periods? Do you remember happiness? Do you remember scarcity? Do you remember fear? And who taught you? Who was around? And then I want you to write how, because of those things, the decisions you decided to make with money. And if we're going to talk about entrepreneurship, we're going to talk about the lowballing ourselves, the bartering, right? We're going to talk about those things and how is it working for you? And the over-delivering, because that is such, I mean, that's got to be a third bullet point there, because I think sometimes we need to justify. So let me over-deliver. So you're literally not ending your coaching sessions at an hour. You're taking way more time in your prep and, and writing up your session follow notes, or you're actually doing some of the work in the implementation for your clients. I've been there. I see it. And it's like, that's got to be addressed as well, because I, I feel that it boils down to that self-worth piece. Yes. And if I'm going to create a price that I'm confident in, I have to be confident and know that my deliverables in that package are good. I don't exactly. need to double the deliverables a- after. No, <laughs> I don't need no. to do 40% more, right? No. Because that's undercutting what you've decided your package is. It's really, really interesting, Dr. Naeem. I'm going to call myself out on this and, and I'm okay with that. I think transparency is, is a very powerful thing. And Last year, I had a male client and he was charging $65,000 to work with him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, interesting, great. And we have worked together for two years. And I was chatting with a peer coach of mine and we were were going through it and everything. She's, you know, she was asking me what my rates were. And I'm like, well, absolutely a fraction of that. And she's like, let's talk about that. And it really was this thing of like, I am the coach of another coach that has no problem with a 65K investment. Yep. And yet mine is at a fraction of that. Why is that? I have more experience, more transformations. So talk to me about the layers in that. Oh, I, I like to call that the Jesus complex. So whether or not you're a Christian, right? Well, this is not about religion. It's just that Jesus is supposed to be the savior of the world. Whether or not you believe it, we just know that that's what it's supposed to be, right? Women want to be everybody's savior. I want everybody to be able to access my services. I don't want to price out anyone. Uh, Yeah, that's why we broke. That's why women-owned businesses are struggling. Like, let's just call a spade a spade, right? You are not Jesus. You were not put here to serve the world. You were put here to serve a very particular client, right? If you, like, for example, I had a client who was a financial coach. And she wanted to work with people who were financially struggling. I said, so you're never going to make any money. So you have to maybe create some courses up front for those people that are low cost. But your program where you are actually in it, delivering the the coaching. Beautiful advice. 
Absolutely. Beautiful advice. And I love that. I want to underscore that for listeners because we have a lot of healers. We have a lot of people even interested in not-for-profit type endeavors and things of that nature definitely fall into, I don't want to leave anybody behind because they're very mission-driven, which is a beautiful, heart-opening thing. And there are ways to have diversified offerings. Like you said, the passive income with courses. Awesome. Great. Perfect low tier that you could reach a lot of people. But when you are the nucleus of the offering, bam, high ticket is where it's at. And I think that 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 distinction comes when we start to own our power. Period. And I think once we start owning our power and realizing that charging low ticket in no way makes you a better coach, it doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't make you more heart led. We put those lies in our head. I'm going to charge this little bit of money because that means I really care. Why? If you really cared, do you think you can make a bigger impact with a million dollar business or a $40,000 business? See, when you have a million dollar business, you have a team. When you have a team, you can serve more people. How is that for impact? That's what we really got to get when it comes down to scaling our businesses. Mic drop. Absolutely. (laughs) Really? It really, really is. And, you know, like science and studies are already showing that when women have wealth, they give back. Let me tell you the stat that I read recently. When women have wealth, about 90% of it goes back into the community. There's less childhood poverty. There's less childhood illness. There were so many things I read. I was like, oh, wow. When men have wealth, only 40% of it goes back into the community. That's a dramatic difference. Okay. And, I, and if, I, if I find a resource, I'll try to include it. I'll try to send it to Casey if I can find that awesome. resource. I was like, this is an amazing, we need to start seeing this. Having money is not wrong. Stealing money is wrong. Making money your only priority is wrong. But you can be, let's let's make it synonymous with making an impact. You're making an impact, you're making money, and and money is now the tool for you to continue to make an even bigger impact, not just on the world, but even in your home. Absolutely. And I think that when we truly absorb that truth into our heart, that motivates us more to double down on our mission. Yes. 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 This is why I'm on a mission to scale my business to seven figures. It's not because I want to just you know, spend money and have a Ferrari. No, I'm probably going to continue to stay in the house that I'm in. I don't, I don't write, but I want to be able to build generational wealth for my family. I can't build generational wealth for my children if all I'm charging is $3 a month to work with me. And I know that I'm being ridiculous with that small amount. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, but sometimes, you know, like I love the fact that you said that they're lies that we're telling ourselves because when we start to believe those as truths, But then you take a step back and really have perspective or have an expert that's already traversed waters before you shine back at you and say, hey, let's truly look at this truth. It is ridiculous. Some of the things that we expect of ourselves is ridiculous. And the over delivering and the people pleasing is ridiculous. Like it is. So it is time for a change. I'm so excited for the change. I really just want to lift you up for being a catalyst for change. So thank Thank you for the work that you do. I truly mean that. And for people wanting to take a step closer to you and your world, how can they learn more about you? Absolutely. So you can find me on all social media platforms. On you know IG and Clubhouse, my my handle is Dr. Naima. So D R for Dr. Naima, N A I E E M A. You can find me on Facebook, Dr. Naima Jackson. 
I would love to connect with you. You can also find me on my website, thedeterminedfempreneur.com. It is an amazing website where you'll really see how clear I am about who I serve. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes. I highly recommend that the listeners go right to her website and see that specificity in the messaging. It is so crystal clear. You know exactly who you help and how you help them. And you have a pretty big promise there, right? Yes. Create $30,000 in $30,000 months in 90 days. So it's a very, days. very clear win. So I'm loving that. I'll definitely drop the links in the show notes. And if you were going to leave our listeners with some bright light wisdom, what nugget would you like to leave today? Oh, we spoke about so many things, but I would say, sis, you are worthy now. You're worthy of that higher price now. You're worthy of working less and earning more now period. And that doesn't make you less heart led. Absolutely. We need t-shirts. We need to repeat that to ourselves over and over again. We have to spackle in the grooves that have been so deeply woven in the fabric of our society and mindset. So literally put that on auto repeat loop and truly embody that you are worthy now. I love that. Thank you so very much. It's been a pleasure to have you as a guest. Casey, this was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to leave feedback, you can head over to lovethepodcast.com slash brilliance. And I'm going to share some feedback from Mindset is Everything from the UK. She gives the show five stars and says great interviews. I love the interview style and questions that Casey asks her guests. I'm a new listener, but I'm glad I found this amazing podcast. Definitely a good one to keep up to date with, with a heart emoji and a coffee cup emoji. Thank you so much. Mindset is everything. I believe we're on the same page because I agree with you. Mindset is key. And again, if you would like to leave listener feedback, I appreciate hearing from you so very much. You can head over to lovethepodcast.com slash brilliance. Thank you. 